back to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. I'm Mike. And I'm Allison. Yeah, welcome, Ben. Um, it's been a while, like a, a week, I think, uh, since we've last talked about uh, crime. Actually, less than that because we're recording early. They don't care about that. So, well, it's been less than a week for us. See, we got to kind of be, be like in the vibe. You Let's know? be real. Yeah. Let's just be real. Okay, that sounds good. Real's good. You know, life happens. We can't always record on time. That's for sure. It's and to be expected. Sometimes I don't have a shower in the day, and then I put a hat on like I am today. Well, there you go. Yeah. See, here right. we are being real. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And um, if you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, you can see uh, a couple of uh, jokes and <laughs> hee hee ha I believe. Tee-hees. And, uh, yep. And uh, just general you know, reminders about uh, when a new podcast is available. That's at Crime and Coffee 2. Crime and Coffee, the number two. And um, yeah, we uh, we appreciate your listenership. So Yes, thank you. Yeah. And, um, you know, besides that, uh, how's, how's your week going? We got a lot of stuff going on so far. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Still getting through this whole sickness I've been dealing with for about a week now. Um, so we're going to try to get through this podcast in one piece and not annoy the heck out of you guys with our coughing because right. you started to get a little something. Yeah. It turns out if I uh, kiss you, it's not a good idea. All yeah. The time because not a good idea. Now I'm got a little scratchy scratchy. A little scratchy. Yeah. It feels a little bit in the throat. That's okay. Yeah. And then otherwise I'm getting ready for a little girl's trip. It's going to be like a mommy and me type of girl's trip, mother-daughter girl's trip with my best friend and her daughter, who happens to be our daughter's best friend. Yeah, so you guys are looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Me and uh, our son, we're going to just hang out, be boys for the weekend. Yep, be um, some boys together. Yep. It's play some baseball. Opening weekend of uh, Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll catch a game or two. Yeah. Um, Share some soda pops. Yeah. Who knows? Get crazy. Who knows? Yeah. We saw um, a concert this week. The yep. four of us. Mm-hmm. All of us went to uh, their first concert, the kids' first concert. Saw John Mayer. Of, um, yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful. He was fantastic, man. He's one of my favorite musicians out there. Yeah. The kids really had a lot of fun, too. Yeah. They loved it. They, they you know, it was just nice being all together and all going out there. So I think we'll post a picture about that on Instagram. Yeah, we should. Yeah. And uh, that was awesome. Uh, right now, I feel just a burning in my thighs and glutes from working out. So, you know, I well, hopefully good I can, for you. I can get up from this position at some point later. If not, I'll give you a piggyback out of your chair. Will you? I'm, well, I'll try. We should record that and then see what happens. Yeah, I don't think it'll end well. <laughs> Watch you come tumbling down. I'm about 250-some-odd pounds, and uh, you're a lot less than that. So. Um, Speaking of that, good segue. I, after about 10 months of be, you know, making a healthier lifestyle and counting calories every single day, every single day since I think June 16th of 2021 is when I started, I finally this re- week met my goal weight. Yay, woo! Yep, I am very, very happy about Congratulations. that. Congratulations. But it doesn't end here. It's going to be a lifelong, you know, Yeah, diet's like, it's not like a diet diet. This it doesn't is the end. rest of your life. Yeah, and I and I hate the word diet because that's we were just talking about at dinner. Like, that's just what we eat every yeah. day. You're a dietitian, and Cameron, our son, said, well, people are like, you know, the, your job is in your name, diet. It's like, well, diet is what you eat. It's yes, not necessarily changing how you eat. It is what you eat. Yes. So that's important, but congratulations. Thanks. You've been working very good. hard. Yes, I've been very dedicated, just keeping it practical and realistic, just eating well and tracking my calories and exercising. Not drinking alcohol. And pretty much cutting out alcohol from my life. Yep, and you feel better about it. Oh, so much better we did have a little wine at the john mayer concert. yeah and then i didn't feel well the next day <laughs> imagine that so i always have such bad anxiety after drinking yeah yeah it's um yeah you did fine though you did yeah good. so yeah it's a it's an exciting time a lot of things going on but um yeah you want to get into this thing let's jump right in okay Sounds do good. this yeah i uh, got this thing so you told me not to start this up until the actual podcast and now i'm 
can make sure that I'm I right have spot. faith that you can oh, do this like okay. seamlessly. Yes. Um, real quick, uh, there is a couple of Patreons we have to say thank you to Colleen and, and Lily. We could always do that at the end of the oh, show. Oh, we can. Too. Okay, let's do it at the end. Is what she's telling me. So that sounds good. But uh, we have a lot of listeners reaching out, and this actual story is from a listener named Tasha. Awesome. So thanks for the suggestion, Tasha. Thank you, Tasha. Yeah, absolutely. So um, from here, uh, this is the unsolved murder. Oh. Of Levi Frady unsolved yeah sorry okay well you know i just uh I, I couldn't go like three weeks in a row with doing a solved one i had to do it unsolved have to so. keep us on our toes yes exactly all right so we're gonna start it out um according to a study done in 2006 by the fbi mm-hmm. here in america uh 74 of children abducted and murdered were killed within the first three hours of their disappearance oh my gosh wow that's sooner than i would have even predicted i knew it was soon i didn't realize it was that soon yeah so it's, within three hours yep and that same study found that 44 percent of the victims uh, killers were strangers okay so and the majority they knew well well no. 44 so greater 42 percent of the cases the victims and killers were friends or acquaintances okay so i don't know there's some other well where's the other piece of the pie here I don't know. I would guess somebody so ate it yeah yeah and they didn't there's, tell us about there's it there's still a significant chunk there but that's what this <laughs> okay said. so it's almost like halfsies yeah pretty much half so you're not okay. like you know uh, not like uh, regular murders and things like that or not i mean you know non uh children type murders um are usually somebody you know this mm-hmm. one seems like kind of cut in half you know we, just according to the fbi at least so what this tells us is that it's really important you know as soon as a child goes missing to report them as such act quickly right exactly because the window's closing yep and um so i got a lot of this information from a very well-researched podcast named uh, morbidology okay so if you want to check it out i suggest it um believe the the lady that does it is like an irish got irish accent or something very cool accent so oh, she nice. did a fantastic job researching this i did obviously a few other places too but the, you know this one was really hard to find a lot of detail on yeah you were saying that yesterday <laughs> i was like of course Man. it was yesterday that's how mike rolls <laughs> that's right so uh yeah thank you so much for that i put, included her in the show notes if you want to check her out but uh when 11 year old levi frady disappeared his mom didn't report him missing until the next day. Why? Um, well, you know, there's, I guess we'll get into it a little bit. You're going to tell us? I will. Oh, yeah, good. As a matter okay. of fact. So not to say that reporting it sooner would have found him necessarily, but, you know, like I just mentioned, it's always a good idea to, you know, report it as soon as possible. Um, the year was 1997. Levi. It's the year we graduated high school. It is. I thought about that. Uh, Levi lived in Cumming, Georgia. Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's about 45 minutes northeast of Atlanta. Uh, him and his twin sister, Lacey, and their mother, Marilyn Frady Parkman, live there. Okay, so uh, Milton Frady was their father, but Milton and Marilyn had divorced back in February of 1989 when the twins were about three years old. So Marilyn got sole custody of both kids. Um, I don't know why. I don't, you know, I, they, they didn't say anywhere, so yeah, we just don't know why. The neighborhood Levi lived in sounds like it was kind of an American country neighborhood. Um, so, you know, picture like long roads, a, a decent amount of property between uh, neighbors and things. Not that it's like miles and miles, but just like, oh, yeah, not like these suburban houses. So now. not a subdivision. Correct. Okay. More like country. Okay. So picture that. Um, two lane country roads, kids outside playing, American flags everywhere and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so Levi and his sister Lacey attended North Forsyth School in the sixth grade. Uh, Lacey loved school. She did very well. She was, you know, just, you know, kind of had her stuff together as far as school is concerned. Um, 
Levi, not as much. Wasn't a huge fan of school. Not that okay. he was a bad kid or anything. Just it wasn't really his bag. <coughs> and uh, would you stop calling I know. Please? It's so annoying. I'm so sorry. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't really his thing. He wasn't a big fan of school. Did okay with his grades. Not terrible or anything. He was more of an outdoor type of kid. Mm-hmm. Um, exploring and you know looking to find what's out there. Um, which I actually liked exploring quite a bit as a kid, too. So I mean, And I'm I, sure in the country of Georgia, you know, there was a lot to to see. Yeah, he always had his BB gun on his bike and going to shoot some varmints, I'm sure. You know, mm-hmm. maybe uh, whatever kids do these days. So uh, he was interested in music as well. He could play a little bit of piano. Uh, his grandma taught him how to play uh, you know, a couple songs and stuff. So people described him as kind-hearted and seemed like overall a really nice kid. He had a ton of friends, too. Um, just, you yeah, know, pretty good kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was really close to his twin sister, as twins usually are, because yeah. they've known each other since uh, Inception, basically. And um, Inception? Yeah. Inception? Consumption? Conception? Some kind of ception. It's conception. Okay. And uh, since they were, you know, yeah, con- conceived. And uh, so Lacey used to joke that she was Levi's big sister, because she was born about a Aww, minute before him. That's and cute. They'd have fun with that, so... Uh, most days after school, you could find Levi playing softball with his buddies, um, you know, at various parks and, you know, different houses and stuff. Um, just, he was a kind of a, I mean, not that there's popular at this age, but knew a lot of kids. Like He was social. Yeah, definitely. Got around, you know, all, rode on his bike all over the place and, yeah, knew a lot of kids. So, um, let me see here. Oops, this thing, uh, I got to set the uh, the timer a little bit different. So, okay, I'm back. Um, so on Wednesday, October 22nd, 1997, Levi got on his red bicycle and rode over to his friend Roman Martinez's house. This is around 4.15 p.m. Okay. So anytime you say a date, you know, that's probably... Not a good thing. Yep. So Roman lived about a mile away from Levi. Uh, they were planning to work on their homework together like they normally did. I guess they did this all the time and, you know, we just kind of go and figure it out together and then, you know, do whatever kids do at the end of the day, go play outside or whatever. Uh, Levi told his mom, Marilyn, that he'd be home around 630 for dinner. Okay. So. (coughs) Now, did Marilyn work outside of the home? I don't know. Um, but she was home at this time. Okay. So it was after 630 and Marilyn realized that Levi wasn't home yet. Oh, geez. Yeah. So she drove over to the Martinez house looking for Levi. Mm-hmm. Spoke to Mrs. Martinez, um, found out that uh, Levi had left earlier. Okay. So he was on his way to a different friend's house to eat dinner with that friend. Okay. But he was supposed to be home for dinner? Yeah. Um, and so you'll you'll find out a little bit okay. more here in a second. Um, unfortunately, uh, when they went over to the other friend's house, the other friend confirmed Levi never showed up. Oh, geez. Yeah. Roman told Marilyn that Levi had called home to tell his mom about going to his friend's house. Okay. So he definitely called, but Marilyn was in the bath when he called. Okay, so she missed it. Yep. Um, Marilyn and his sister Lacey started to look around town to find Levi, thinking he was just hanging out with some friends because, you know, he had somebody in the area. I mean, right. It wasn't totally strange and crazy that Levi wasn't home yet and he could have found something to do and got distracted or whatever. Well, and, you know, he's a kid. He's 11. He doesn't have a cell phone, I'm sure. No. Um, You lose track of time. It's possible. Yeah, exactly. So Lacey's sister was searching for Levi on Little Mill Road nearby their house, and she saw Levi's red bike. Oh, it was in a ditch on the side of the road. Oh, geez. Uh, Little Mill Road it wasn't a very busy street, so no street lights or anything like that. Uh, would have been completely dark at this time of okay. night. Okay. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, not a lot of people in the area wouldn't, you know, see anything. Sure, it's anything. rural. Yep. Um, Levi didn't love going this route because he was afraid of the dark. Oh. So there was like two different routes, basically, to take to this friend's house. 
the other route, unfortunately, had like a bunch of dogs, and they were kind of afraid of the dogs, like coming out and barking and trying to chase you, know, nip you. At and stuff. Yeah. So, so kind of both. It's like choosing the lesser of the two evils. Right. And unfortunately, you know, this one was probably not the right one to pick. But um, yeah, so he decided to take the little mill road to avoid the dogs. So Marilyn, you know, at this point, obviously has no idea where her son is. Right. So, it doesn't look good, though. Right. You know, his bike's in a ditch. It's dark. He doesn't like the dark. Right. Now, I'm going to try not to be like Judgy McJudderson. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't know what really happened and all the, you know, a lot of details and things. But um, at this point, Marilyn figured that Levi spent the night at one of his friend's houses without telling her. Okay. But is this anything he would have ever done in the past? So they interviewed, I think at some point I'll, I'll say something, um, but they talked to Lacey, his sister. There were some reporters and things. And uh, she said it wasn't totally weird that he would be out late, but it was really weird that he wouldn't be back. I mean, if my 11-year-old didn't show up and I wasn't for sure 100% that he was spending the night at somebody's house, I would be a nervous wreck until I confirm that. 100%. No doubt about it. So Me too. I don't know what kind of a relationship or you know family unit this was that that would be okay. But again, who are we to judge? Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, I read some comments on blogs and things. And they said this was, you know, the country. It was country roads. And it's like, you know, everybody let their kids out all the time. And, you know, never any worries about anything happening. Yeah, And kids I, would I go, you know, house to house between the woods and things and just, you know, do whatever they do. I just don't know that I could go to bed at night not knowing for certain that my kid was actually sleeping over. And also, I'd kind of be pissed at the parents. Because I know if a kid came over to our house, number one, I would say, do your parents know? And I would be sure to find out for sure. Because you know how kids are. They're like, yeah, huh? They know. Right. And then I call and they're like, I didn't hear a thing about this. Right. So I would be pissed at the parents, too, for not saying, hey, just so you know, Levi's here and he's spending the night. Yeah. So, well, she figured that Levi is spending the night at somebody's house and um, she ended up falling asleep when she got back home. Okay. So sleeping and knowing that her son's not, not home. Um, okay. Hey, you know, everybody's different, I suppose. So she must have been tired from the bath. She had earlier in the night. He's relaxing. Yep. Maybe she put lavender bubbles in it. Right, right. Just ultra, ultra relaxed. Um, and, uh, you know, just got tired of searching. I'm not not tired of searching, but just, you know, knew that her 11-year-old, 11-year-old son would be back at some point. Made the assumption he was safe. Yep. So it wasn't until the next morning at 8.30 a.m., that she reported her son missing. So it would have also been a school night, correct? Because it was a Wednesday. Yes. So that's another thing. Why would he ever sleep over at somebody's house on a school night? It's a good question. I that just know. never happens. Yeah, I mean, maybe in the country it does. I don't know. And maybe. it wasn't like Podunk country. You know, this is 45 minutes from Atlanta. So it's not like middle of nowhere. I mean, but I, still, you would assume like, well, my kid would need a change of clothes in the morning. You know, yeah. How's he getting to school? Different things that you would. The, worry there's about. just a whole slew of things <laughs> in my head that are just like weird to me. Well, you're like, I want to make sure you did your homework. I want to. I mean, you know, you're not sleeping. Every, I mean, house. you're 11. Right. For right. God's sake. Yep. So obviously, you know, this a good thing here. Immediately, as soon as she reported a missing, hundreds of police officers and volunteers sprung into action. So at this point in time, we're about 14 hours out from yes. when he should have been home. Right. Yep. Because you said 830 in the morning. Yep. So they focused on the area his bike was found. Obviously, it makes sense. So mm -hmm. they totally combed the area, looking through all the underbrush and just trying to find any kind of evidence or anything, hoping they wouldn't find, you know, anything bad. Of course. But, you know, just trying to find something that would point them in the right direction. 
So this is what I said earlier. Lacey was talking to reporters, told them that Levi stayed out past curfew, but never the long, like this long with no word from sure, him. Sure, of course. So it sounds like he never really spent the night like this, which just, again, brings up questions. Of I, why. Yeah. Um, you look on some blogs. Um, there's there's a website called levifrady.com. Okay. Um, it's a person, the, the author is like an investigative reporter. And they are really kind of digging into a lot of details. Okay. So I definitely, if you're interested in this case, check out that website. There's a lot of things, like take it with a grain of salt, this whole thing. There's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of speculation. So just make sure you're not like taking things as fact all the time, even on this website. Not saying they're not true, but there's not like a lot of substantiated stuff on there. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, well, I'll tell you in a second here, but just be very careful. So, um yeah, you know, Lacey said that Levi had never really done this in the past. So this is the point where I'm going to introduce you to an area called the Dawson Forest Wildlife Management Area. Okay. It's a huge wooded area, over 10,000 acres, about 15 to 20 miles from Levi's house. Okay. Um, so <coughs> a while before this, it was used as an ionizing radiation testing area for oh, wow. Lockheed Martin. Hmm. Yeah, so... Then in 1971, the city of Atlanta purchased the property, and it instantly became a really popular hiking and outdoor activity area. Um, things you know, a lot, just so big that you, you'd use it for hunting and a lot of wild game there and stuff. I guess the radiation wasn't too bad. And Yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> so, like, are you going to leave there glowing? No, you probably wouldn't want to live there, I don't think. But, Maybe you'll develop some tumors. Right, right. Maybe a third leg or something. But um, no, a lot of people loved it and some beautiful views. I looked it up online. It looks pretty cool. So I don't know if you know this or not, but yeah, I know a couple hunters and I've talked to some hunters. I don't hunt myself, but there's times of the year when like guns are allowed to be used for hunting. Of course. So I know there's hunting seasons. Yeah. So that, yeah, like hunting seasons, there's a season for like guns to be used and then there's seasons for like just bow and arrow. Okay. And then there's seasons where there's no hunting allowed. And you know, so people you know, that hunt really get excited about the first day that like guns yeah. are ready. They're like, okay, let's go. Let's bring our rifles out there. So, um, you know, the reason I'm telling you this, that, um, at 2.30 p.m. on Thursday, October 23rd, one day after Levi's disappearance, two deer hunters, Larry Kelly and James Davis, were taken advantage of the first day of the year that hunters could use their guns. So they headed out to the Dawson Forest Wildlife Management Area. They parked their car on a dirt road and made their way into the forest. And after walking about a mile into the forest, they found a terrible scene. Oh, no. They found the dead, bloody body of a young boy lying face up and half underwater in a rain-filled hole. so awful. He was wearing a white t-shirt that was ripped open, black jeans, and brand new Nike sneakers. Oh, how sad. They could tell that he was shot dead. Jeez. Absolutely horrific stuff. Just imagine a little boy with bullet holes in him. No. So it's terrible stuff. The reason now I mentioned that uh, levifrady.com website before you go there, uh, there's a picture that she uses that is not a real picture, which I think is I, and I say she I think it's a, a female, but I'm not sure who made made the website. Yes, they use this picture of a boy that's in a ditch that's underwater. And at first I'm like, this is the picture you're just like coming out and showing the picture of this boy's dead Super body. disturbing. Yeah. It's a depiction. It's an artist depiction of it. So it's like, it's not the right picture. It's, I, I think it's really unprofessional to use. Yeah. I, it's that's just, really disturbing. I'm, you know, I'm sure the person's going to be listening to this podcast because there's not a lot of podcasts out there that cover this, but I think that's super unprofessional to use that picture uh, multiple times and different stories. I mean, I was 
very, very disturbed when I'm I saw sure. it. And then I read, oh, this is an artist depiction. It's like, oh my God, and it's scary. Oh, it looks, geez. I mean, the kid's eyes are open. Like, oh, it's gosh. horrible, horrible stuff. So just FYI, before you go there, um, don't look at that picture. I mean, you can't, you can't not. Basically, you're going to see it's right there in your face. Yep. Yep. So I suggest taking that down, author, person. Anyways, investigators taped off the area, obviously, and they sent the body that they found for identification and autopsy. As soon as news broke of the young boy's body found in the area, people rightly assumed it was Levi Frady. Of course. Um, Police and volunteers had just begun to search for Levi about six hours prior to the body being discovered. And you said this was about 15 miles from their house? Yep. So, Carlene Shocker, a spokeswoman for the Forsyth Sheriff's Office, told reporters there was uh, she was 99.9% sure that this is the body of the boy we've been looking for. Well, and I'm sure they asked Marilyn, what was Levi wearing when you last saw him? Oh, yeah. he was in a white t-shirt and black jeans. Nike shoes. Nike shoes. Yep. And it was. So, unfortunately, oh, gosh. Levi was not sleeping at a friend's house that night. He had been shot dead. It's so sad. I mean, it's like, who would do something who like that? Who would do something to an 11-year-old child? I mean, we ask that about every of episode, course. basically, but it's just like... Kids out riding his bike, and something like this happens. Right, right. And I wish I had you know, more of the story here. There's definitely a few... No, I mean, I'm not done with the story by any stretch, but it's just like, it sucks that we already know it's unsolved, but you know, that's why we tell these stories, to see if anybody knows anything, right? So, anyways, about 25 to 30 yards away from Levi's body was a big puddle of blood. Okay, so he was shot there and then moved. Correct. Investigators believe there was a struggle where Levi was shot. Now, it dep- I've, I've read different things. On that uh, that blogger, the uh, the podcast person, she said he was shot twice in the chest and once in the head. And there's other places that said twice in the head, once in the chest. Hmm. So I don't know for sure. But he was shot three times Okay, um, at some point in the head. And after being shot he was dragged to the pit where he was found so he bled out basically in that area 25 to 30 yards away um and some people even say 25 to 30 feet um so there was you know one an actual authority official said 25 to 30 yards which is it possible that an animal could have dragged him or did there there were no signs that he had been i guess exposed to because you know that's a concern when you're out in the nature like that right something's trying to you know animals are right. you know running freely you have to be a bear or something like something that. something larger yeah yeah I, they didn't mention any bite marks okay. or anything yeah uh police also found levi's backpack that had the homework that he worked on oh, with his friend roman so sad yeah that's it's like he was he was totally planning on just like just going, a normal wednesday you yeah. know doing his homework riding around and you know something like this happens ends up being shot dead so scary yep so a lot of questions come about this, like, was he sexually assaulted? Of things, course. Right? I mean, it sounds encouraging that his genes were on. Right, right. So officers or officials claim that Levi was not sexually assaulted. But again, there's rumors. So you go to this website, you know, levifrady.com. And um, I'm not saying it's not true or anything, you know, but there's a lot of hearsay. So this is a it's, it's weird because it's a small town, um, especially the area. It's like a country town. Everybody knows each other kind of thing. So everybody knows somebody that works at the coroner's office or works at the funeral parlor or whatever, and there's stories that go around. So it wouldn't have been factually based that, you know, there's suspicion that it wasn't reported properly? They haven't released the autopsy. Okay. So that's another part of it. Um, So, but yeah, they say officials say no sexual assault. Um, Officials even said there was no DNA found inside him on his underwear, anywhere on his body. Okay. But people are suspicious since his autopsy is yet to be publicly um, released. 
Now, like I said, be very careful. There is one person that said they were working at the coroner's office, I believe, and they said they looked like they're. No, I think it was at the uh, the at where the wake and funeral was. At okay, the funeral at home. the funeral home. Yeah, I think that. So somebody knows somebody that worked there, and they said through hearsay that it looked like he was sexually assaulted. Oh, and it's like you're not a sexual assault expert, I, you know, unless but, there were like very obvious traumatic signs. Right, right, and who knows what it really was? So it's oh. it's possible. It's okay. So it's it's. It's put out there that no, he wasn't, but it's up in the air whether or not that's accurate. Correct. So a lot of opinions and hearsay. So another thing, this murder happened in the woods in the middle of the night. They said it would have been like pitch black. Okay. So obviously, what time did they find his bike on the side of the road? Uh, I think it was 730-ish, something like that. Okay, so they assume that he was brought out there and that his time of death was sometime in the middle of the night. Yeah. And so whoever did it probably knew the forest pretty well. You know, and so somebody local, you would imagine, because they basically dragged this kid out there and shot him like in that forest and didn't have like didn't think anybody would be able to hear it or anything like that and dragged him over there well, i mean i guess them. if you're going in the middle of nowhere in this huge expansive forest how many people are out there in the middle of the night unless there's camping right you know yeah that's just an assumption to make like who would be out here right right i guess it's a pretty safe place to do something like that yeah but, and the big question is like why why would you do this right like what's the motive Where's right. it coming from? I mean, not everything has to have a motive, but... Yeah, because there's serial killers that just do stuff and see a kid, and, like, that's the one. Yeah. Unfortunately. But, um, so, anyway, you know, Levi's body was taken, you know, to a funeral home and, and prepared and everything. About 500 people packed into the funeral home for Levi's funeral on October 26th, shortly before Halloween. So, there was a lot of talk around the town about... There's a child killer on the loose, and it's yeah. right around Halloween time. Uh, and then what do we do? Do we let our kids go trick-or-treating? Exactly. And most people didn't, or at least went with them. Went with them. That's the thing. I'd be like, I'm coming with you. Right, right. So, um, you know, Levi's grandmother, and yeah, obviously, Levi's entire family was just totally shaken by the whole thing. And poor Lacey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Levi, now Lacey's left as the only twin. Levi's grandmother was telling a story where, you know, Levi just purchased a pumpkin, you know, a few days prior to that. Of and course. They kids were, are excited about Halloween. They were going to carve it. And so sad. she had the pumpkin sitting there. You know, that's something that shouldn't happen to anybody, Never. unfortunately. You know, but as you can imagine, a number of young children came to pay their respects and it was kind of an eerie scene, like a bunch of kids at a funeral. You know, it's just kind of sad. It shouldn't happen. No. Especially no. like this. Well, a lot of kids that age, you ask them and they will say, <coughs> I've never been to a funeral. Yeah. I've, of course not. Yeah. And as, as well, they shouldn't be. Um, so the funeral only oh, funeral home only held about 250 people. So there was quite an overflow mm-hmm. in the parking lots and things. It's quite a, quite a scene, I guess. Um, so as you can imagine, everyone was a suspect in the case at this point. Um, Dawson County Sheriff Billy Carlisle publicly stated that everyone was a suspect in the murder, and that included Levi's family members. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so when you say family members, did he have a lot of family in the area, like aunts and uncles and, and such like that? Because obviously, immediate family was just his mom and his sister. Right. That's basically what he's talking about, immediate family. <clears throat> um, so wasn't a whole lot of talk about other you know uncles and aunts and things, um, but also you know father, mother, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, it? where did his dad live? Because I know he didn't have custody of him. You know, I don't know exactly where he lived, but he did see them pretty, okay. pretty decently. Often. So close enough that it was a frequent thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and he did, you know, come to see them, even though he didn't have custody. And obviously, there's going to be a lot of interviews about, you know, what was the situation? Was there animosity? Was 
you know, because he didn't have custody, was there anger? What was the relationships like? Right. Basic yep. They got to look into all those things. Yep, exactly. Now, did they identify what kind of gun was used? You know, that's what they say. The ballistics are a very important part of this whole right. process. Like, that, who owns a gun that matches this? Right. You would think that'd be a pretty simple thing to look around. But at the same time, there's probably guns everywhere that probably match this. You know, I'm sure it was probably a handgun. And, sure, of course. But, but wouldn't that be number one? Right. Like, okay, let's talk to who has a gun like this registered to their name. Like every 357 Beretta in the county. Let's go talk. <laughs> exactly. To them. Every single person. Yes, you would think so. But no mention of that anywhere. Hmm. So I'm sure they did. I'm sure they ran something, but I guess it just didn't go anywhere. Okay. And also, this is a smaller town, like the the sheriff. I mean, it's only I think about four or five thousand people, maybe six thousand people in coming Georgia. And um, you know, they don't have the resources that a lot of big cities would, Atlanta. But at the same time, you know, a lot of different places were involved. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation, a couple different counties here. So mm-hmm. you know, you can we can use excuses all days long, all all day long, mm-hmm. but. I, I was wondering the same thing. Like, shouldn't you look into the, the gun a little bit? Yeah, more? well, I'm sure that, like you said, I'm sure that happened. That would be like number one. I hope so. But anyways, um, so it was kind of weird that, oh, the Sheriff Carlisle also said statistics show that the victim usually knows who the perpetrator is. Well, didn't you say it was like 40? Yeah, I said two, it's actually so it's about like half 50, and half. 50. Right, it's basically half and a half. So um, it could have been somebody driving through that saw him riding his bike right. that wasn't even part of coming Georgia. Right, right. So that's and not that he knew that at the time because that was a relatively newer um, study and everything, but uh-huh. um, it was just weird that he was kind of targeting almost, um, you know, Levi's parents. Basically. Making the assumption that this was somebody well known to, the, to right. the victim. Right, and typically you think that in the background, but you don't come out publicly and say that. I mean, they always say you start from the inside out. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at this point, you, you do the PR thing where it's like, we're going to leave no stone unturned, blah, blah, blah. Of blah, course. Blah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we also know. So in, investigators look to talk to Levi's dad, Milton, obviously, mm-hmm. and his mom. But um, Milton turned out to have an outstanding warrant for an arrest uh, for a 1994 burglary charge. Okay. So, um, yeah, obviously that's not a violent offense sure. or anything. The two but. are unrelated, but he does have something in his past. Yeah. So at least they're like, okay, we got to check this guy out. <clears throat> so police figured they'd find him at Levi's funeral, which you would think. Of course, a father comes to their child's funeral. Levi's father, right. But oddly, Milton didn't show up to Levi's funeral. Okay. So Milton's mom said he was afraid the police would try to pin the murder on him. Because huh. he heard it from public and he was like, they're just, I mean, I know they're going to grill me as soon as I get there. And it's like. You know, I, I've talked about it before where I feel like even if I'm like not guilty, I still feel like, oh, shit. Like, what if I break? And they're like, Bleh. like, oh, you did. I'm like, no, I didn't. I swear I didn't. Then you go to jail and it's like, I'm, I miss my kid. Like, I didn't even do yeah, anything. See, I don't have that thought. I have that in my head. I don't know why. Like, I mean, I just feel like if I knew I wasn't guilty, what am I worried about? Because it's possible. People go to jail for do not. Yeah, I, I do. do understand that. But especially like in a. You know, a small town, it's like they can find something and be like, oh, no, you, he did it. Well, they want to shut the case. They yeah. want to put the town at ease because right. everyone's scared. And it's for the small price of one dude going to jail. Now, let me ask you this. Did Milton have an alibi or was he, you know, living home by himself and, you know, nobody could vouch for what he was doing? Um, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Here. So... So um, regardless, he didn't come to the funeral for fear that the police were going to do something. But whether or not he went to the funeral... It's going to happen anyway. And to me, that's just a red flag. Like, you're not showing up to your own kid's funeral. That doesn't look good. You're looking pretty guilty here. Yeah. You thought it was bad before, and now it's going to be worse. Right. Yeah. So 
Yeah, we all know family is the first place to start the investigation, but it was kind of an odd strategy by the police just to come out with it and say it, you know, so... But from all accounts, like everybody that they talked to, investigators talked to, they said Milton loved his kids and visited Levi and Lacey often, even though he didn't have custody of them. So everybody agreed with that. And they were like, yeah, he seemed like a decent dad and Mm -hmm. no real reason for murdering his son possibly here. So um, they did end up investigating him and it just went nowhere. I I guess he had an alibi or whatever it might have been. So it wasn't him. Okay. From what the cop said. Um, now for Marilyn, uh, she was convicted of a DUI in 1991, Okay, but it happens to a lot of people Sure, make some bad decisions, but, um, outside of that had a pretty clean record. Um, everyone that was interviewed about Marilyn agreed that Marilyn was a good mom and cared a lot about her kids. Um, one thing that the, uh, that, uh, morbidology podcast said, the Department of Children and Family Services had never received complaints that Levi and Lacey were neglected. Well, I mean, that's a good point to make. Yeah. But I'm like, well, if that's where we're setting the bar here. But, um. <laughs> you know, it's these households where parents are free or police are frequently called out because of trouble. It's like, well, we haven't had any red flags that show that there was, was problems, no right. problems. Right. If any kind of flag, it's very hard to see, yeah. basically. So, I mean, I guess, you know, just us living together here and, and taking good care of our kids, I guess we take that for granted. Of course. It's there's not anything of, that we think about because our kids are well cared for, but there's a lot of shitty parents. Yeah, absolutely. So police eventually started checkpoints near where the crime scene was because they found tire marks near the scene. Okay. So they're trying to match up the tire marks and see what kind of trucks it was and see if they can match something up. If, you know, it happened to fall that they found a truck that matched it, great. So they pinpointed that the tire marks came from a, a truck? Like a pickup truck? Yeah, that's what they were guessing. Okay. Because obviously you'd want to have a, a well, vehicle a, make and model in mind. Correct. It's a tire mark. So I don't it's know. It's like, well, every car that drives on this road has tire marks. What, what are you going on? We're just going to look at every single tire. And yep. Maybe, yep. You got tires. I guess in the area. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, they were looking for anything at this point because they didn't have sure. any solid leads. So I, it's not a terrible idea. No, of course not. But um, they also questioned everyone in the area where the bike was found along with where the dead body was found. So it's kind of a big area, you know, I mean, between there and 20 miles kind of northwest of where it was, I put it in a map. It's, I don't know why they chose to go so far, I guess, to a remote location, you know. Um, Another interesting thing, Levi's bike. Okay. It was dusted for fingerprints, but strangely, nothing was found on it. It was completely wiped clean. Hmm. So it was actually, so it didn't even have Levi's fingerprints? Not Levi's, nobody's. Okay. So obviously this, like you said, it was wiped. Yep. So, um, you know, it's just another weird thing. It's like, man. Because people touch all over, obviously, handlebars. Yeah, yeah, he was using it actively. So it was wiped clean. Um, Eventually, you know, obviously a tip line was open along with rewards for leads, you know, leading to an arrest and all that good stuff. They kept on giving more and more money, you know, saying more and more is out there. I think it went up to like 20 grand or something at some point and, you know, got some leads, followed up on, really went nowhere. Uh, Before October was over, Levi's dad, Milton, uh, turned himself into Forsyth County Police. So he ended up turning himself in. Yeah, but that, this is how they actually ended up talking to him. Oh, so turning the, himself in. Like saying, well, they, he it was, wasn't like he was contacted and said, hey, we need to have a talk with you about, you know, where well, you were and blah, blah, blah. I think it was because he was making himself unavailable. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm surprised they let him make himself unavailable. Yeah. You think you'd get like a search warrant. Like, how do you, because when did you say he turned himself in? Um, Before October was done. So, okay. So soon, not too long. shortly thereafter. Yeah. Yep. Um, he got questioned for a few hours, uh, booked into jail, 
um, which I thought was interesting. Huh, what are they booking jail. him on? Right, right. Suspicion, I guess, of okay. murder. Um, one theory authorities were working on said was that someone shot Levi out of revenge for something that Milton did or owned to someone. So, it, you know, they were trying to look for that story and trying to say, okay, did you owe money to somebody where they, you know, they killed your kid? There's people online that are saying it might have been for like drugs or something like a, a debt owed for some drugs. So was Milton into drugs? Um, in this area, it turns out that crystal meth was pretty big deal. Um, was he on crystal meth? I don't know. I can't say. Okay. I didn't know if, I, I don't know. No, I mean, a it drug didn't, test or something like nope, that. Nope. Um, just people kind of jumping all, all sorts of conclusions. And okay. Things. Cause I mean, if like, well, I've never touched crystal meth. How would I owe, owe somebody something? Well, they looked into stuff like that and they found no clear connection of anything okay. like that. So he was released on November 11th. Hmm. So they held him for a couple of weeks. They held him. Yeah. Wow. So they had to have found something solid enough to hold him on. You would think. But it's, again, this is kind of a smaller town. So hmm. they, you know, good old boy network. Yeah, yeah kind of, I guess. It's this possible. Is like, yeah, when you get a ticket up there for speeding, it's like you got to drive all the way there. Well, and they always say, because obviously we used to drive a lot from Illinois to Florida, and they would say, like, watch yourself in Georgia, because those police are hardcore and they will get you. And then you have to show up, like physically, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe, you know. Yeah, I don't think you have to, because my mom got plenty of speeding tickets in Georgia. <laughs> so maybe she hired a lawyer or something to show up I don't for. know. Um, but anyways, on uh, November 6th, investigators announced they were searching for two men that were not suspects, but okay. potential witnesses. One guy was spotted walking down Little Mill Road at about 6.30 p.m. on the day Levi disappeared. So this is just from the information gathered from the people nearby. Uh, he was a white guy in his late 50s with a scruffy gray beard and was wearing a blue baseball hat. The other guy they were looking for was seen in the Dawson Forest Wildlife Area the same day. Uh, another white guy, 45 to 55 years old, clean shaven with gray hair and about six feet tall. He was seen driving a 1985 or 1980 to 85 blue Toyota pickup truck with a white shell on top. And there's also composite sketches that I'll post on Instagram and Twitter. So <laughs> now they say that these guys weren't suspects or anything, but it's like you're looking for these guys specifically right. and that they were in the area at the time. So they're kind of suspects, I would say. And my question to you is you said that this was the first day of hunting season. Mm-hmm. So was this wildlife area pretty like I shouldn't say the word packed, but were there a lot of people there hunting that day? No, not from what I've heard. Okay. I mean, so maybe throughout the whole forest, I'm sure, but I'm yeah. just wondering what about these two men stood out? Yeah. I don't know. I guess just talking to enough people. What did you see anybody like anybody walking anywhere? Then, you know, maybe if they get a couple of corroborations that say, yeah, I saw some dude that looked like this. It's like, okay, there was a guy here, you know, okay. at least it's somebody to talk to at least talk. See, hey, did you see anything? You sure. were in the area. You okay. know, I guess that's what they're saying. But, you know, listen, I, or later I listened to an interview where the investigator said the first guy was suspicious. Okay. Looking. So so the first guy was walking. Yeah. But this Levi was found 15 miles away. So one would assume a vehicle was involved. Yeah. So at the very least, you could say, okay, maybe he saw the vehicle and he's like, whoa, some kid just got taken in front right. of me. Right. Sir, did you witness anything happening? Because we know that you were walking on the street. Right. Right. So hopefully they saw something, but couldn't find these guys anywhere. Um, you know, they have they have sketches. So, I mean, we're going to post them. If you know anybody that looks like these dudes or looked like these dudes 20, 30 years, 30 years ago. And obviously you uh, they put out a sketch of the car and such like that. If you know anybody who drives a truck that looks like this, yep. please contact us and let us know. Yep. And nobody came forward and said, nope. 
so and so down the block from me drives that car. Yeah, what you think? Like they would know these people. Like <clears throat> somebody it would. It sounds know like a pretty particular car. You said blue truck with a white shell top. Yeah, easy. I to mean, spot. that's yeah. It wasn't like a silver pickup or a white one where you see a bunch of them. It's like, right. That's that's pretty easy to spot. So also, investigators were questioning whether Levi left the bike on his own will or got into a stranger's car. Well, the fact that the bike was wiped clean makes me think that there was some sort of struggle with the bike that the person touched it, hence wiping it clean. Right. Like it had to be wiped clean by somebody and like that's highly suspicious. So it's not like a truck or whatever pulled over and said, hey, um, your mom's been in a car accident. Come with me. I'm going to take you there. Blah, blah, whatever kind of lie they would have got used to get him in the car. Obviously, they had to have touched the bike. Right. There would have been no reason for them to wipe it clean otherwise. Or at the very least, Levi to touch it. You know, I mean, he he touched it before he put it down. But that's my point. Yeah. The person wiped it. Correct. So they had to have touched it. Yeah. Right. And you would think you'd find some kind of a sign of a struggle. But I mean, I don't know how much you'd find. Like, if it's just like, eh, you know, and then a big guy takes a little fella. and It was in a ditch, too. Yeah. So the person probably threw it in the ditch to try to, like, hide that it was there. Yeah. yeah. So. Good point. Um, so yeah, they didn't know if, you know, he went into a stranger's car, maybe with the promise to get a ride to his friend's house. It doesn't sound home. like it to me. Not, not with the way that the bike was found. Yeah. I'm guessing that this, that didn't happen. His mom, Marilyn just vehemently disagrees at this because she said she talked to Levi and Lacey both several times and said, don't ever get into a stranger's car. Sure. Ever, ever, ever. Just like we do. Under so no like, circumstances do you go with anybody. Even if they say, I know your mom and I'm bringing you to her. Yes. You don't go with a stranger. Unless it's somebody you know. We will only send somebody you know. Yes. We, we know enough that we know, you know enough people that we know that it's going to be somebody you know. So, yeah, she's, she said, and you know. Even, but is it possible you've taught your kids that and they still do it? Of course. Yeah. So, um, during this case, quick side note, that is likely unrelated to Levi's case, but something that kind of has something to do with it. I'll tell you in a second. So, while Levi's murder was being investigated, another brutal murder happened in Forsyth County. So, this is a county that's, like, kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, it's like, standout-ish that yes. two things happened. Yeah, not a ton of people. Not a, I mean, murder is insane thing in this county, basically. So, on December 20th, so a few months later... A dead body was discovered in a cemetery. Um, According to prosecutors, Michael Lejeune, a cocaine dealer, shot Ronnie Davis in the head over a $200 drug debt at Lejeune's apartment. Okay. I mean, that seems like just a drug deal gone bad. Right. Which doesn't... I mean, this area was a little bit known for crystal meth, but cocaine was kind of weird. And what does an 11-year-old have to do with that? Uh, I don't know. Um, just they're, they're looking for anything and all of a sudden it's like you know within the same time period two like people are shot dead you know and so uh, anyway this guy shoved the body into his bathtub and spent hours like cutting up the body oh. like cutting it up into pieces uh, Lejeune took the body parts to a small cemetery in northern Forsyth County prosecutors said and then set most of the remains on fire realizing that his bullet was still in the victim's head Lejeune cut off the head oh. Kept it in the bucket of cement for days. He took back and forth from his apartments to his parents' lakeside home in Buford before finally dumping it in Lake Lanier. The victim's head was never recovered. Oh my gosh. I've heard lots of stories about Lake Lanier. Yeah. Remember we were looking to go vacation there? Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff found in Lake Lanier. <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, really any lake. Um, yeah, then this is like a whole, like, like they've done podcast episodes on this lake. On Lake Lanier. Yes. Oh, okay. We'll stay away from that. So, 
Yeah, it was weird that this quiet Forsyth County was turned on its head with like these two huge murders. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one murder was known, but the child killer was still on the loose. You know, so that still made people very uneasy. So at this point, yeah, that was that was kind of just a separate thing, like probably nothing to do with it. But at the same time, you wouldn't think, but you know, you never criminal. know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anything is good. You know, it's got to be listened to at this point. So at this point, every lead was followed up on with no outcome. The immediate family was no longer suspects. Authorities still believe Levi got in the car um, because there was no sign of a struggle with his bike. So they but still what think, would they have seen with the bike? Um, I mean, he's an 11 year old child. If a man who's six foot two and strong just yanks him, what would they be seeing? Well, that's what I said. I, that's what I was about to say. It was kind of like. I don't mean, how assume much that there'd be find? blood at the scene because he's a child like if i wanted to pick up an 11 year old kid it would be pretty simple yeah you know? i mean it's I'm a, I'm a big dude i can you know pretty overpower him pretty simply it's not like he's gonna rip out my hair or eyeballs or anything like just grab his arms and yeah i wouldn't assume that there would be much to see at the scene yeah for some whatever reason they're assuming that there was no struggle okay. so i don't know why they, they thought that so they because they didn't find struggle and they said okay it looks like he went in on his own. So the only sign of struggle I could think of that they would see would be like ripped clothing or hair or blood or something. Yeah. So is that either he got in there on his own or maybe the person <coughs> pointed a gun at Levi and forced him into the car? And that's, <coughs> excuse me, um, very possible. Yep. So eventually the case went cold, unfortunately, and was kind of left there for a while. Then later in 2000, the year 2000. Okay. So this is three years later. Yep, a special task force was assigned to the case after Forsyth Sheriff Danny Hendricks received a petition with over 2,000 signatures from Levi's family and friends. They, they put it all together. They said, please, like, try to help find the killer uh-huh. here. Uh, and then also a $125,000 reward wow. was also announced for any information leading to an arrest. So it was a big deal. Yeah. And, like, anybody in this area knows about this. So, like, people, our listeners in Georgia are going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I'm sure. Like, easy. You know, this is like a thing that's still out there, and there's everybody's still wondering who it's killed so, Levi. So scary. Yep. So Forsyth and Dawson County sheriffs would work with one another to try to solve the case, uh, working hand in hand along with the Georgia Bureau of Investigation (GBI). You'll uh, you'll hear a lot of people say that online. Uh, they set up you know new tip lines, had the newspapers and news stations you know open up new stories and say, "Hey, let's open this up. This is like let's get some more leads pumping in here. Let's try to work on this together." But ultimately, everything led nowhere. Um, it sounds like there was some communication errors, some miscommunication, and just like people not willing to work with each other and just like no teamwork involved, basically pointing fingers like the uh, one sheriff's office was pointing at the other one saying, oh, GBI is not working with us and it's them. It's not us. And just basically a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. You know, it's like we're trying to find this kid's killer. It's, like the bottom line is we're trying to find somebody that murdered this 11 year old child. Yep. And like put your egos aside. Right. And so ultimately it led to this uh, failure, <coughs> failure of the task force. So um, then again, in January of 2002, Georgia introduced Levi's call. Okay. Which is Georgia's version of the Amber Alert. Okay. Which also came from a little girl that got abducted. So. Oh, you know, I never knew where the term Amber Alert came from. Was it a child named Amber? That's what I'm guessing. Okay. I meant to look into it, but I didn't. Sorry, guys. So No big deal. Um, so it's a statewide notification system, Levi's call. So when a child is reported missing... Um, authorities say okay is this worth a, a levi call for everybody and that's when it goes on the tv and radio and sure. text messaging and all that stuff okay so you know that that's kind of where that came from if you live in georgia and you get levi's call this is where it came from um, by 2007 the georgia bureau of investigation took over levi's case but nothing came out of it 
Um, on November 5th of 2006, in a weird twist of fate or you know whatever for the family, Levi's grandfather, who was Marilyn's father, got into a car crash and died. Um, ended up dying November 10th in the hospital. Aww. So just more, you know, tragedy on the family family yep so there's plenty of different theories out there this is kind of like pretty much the end of the story there's i mean you can get deep down i'm not i'm not going to go really far into some of them because it's like (coughs) there's like a friend of uh eli's mother or eli's mother's boyfriend who's eli or i'm sorry levi i'm sorry levi uh levi's mother's like boyfriend you know was a guy that knew some people that were into some drugs and things and people are trying to pin it on those people. And they, there was actually a story where um, somebody murdered somebody else. Or there was a lover's quarrel between two gay guys. And okay. one guy said, Oh, he told me he was going to shoot me with the same gun that he killed Levi Frady with. Mm. And, but at the same time they knew of Levi Frady very well. So, right. you know, he didn't know if he was trying to get back at him or something. It's like one of those grains of salt type of things I mentioned sure. where it's like, don't, you know, there, there's, with these types of stories, it seems like you can go down this rabbit hole like crazy. Well, because the possibilities are endless because there's no answers. Right. And all these people think that they're, you know, the gumshoes and stuff and they're going to, you know, try to find the answer. And it, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Yeah, I'm not one of those people that are going to dig in and think I'm going to solve the case here when tons of people have been looking at it. But. You know, it's also possible that it was a Wednesday evening and it was a rural road and some freak drove by with his truck and happened to see a kid on a bike and just yanked him in the car, drove out to the preserve, and shot him. And there were no eyewitnesses. There was nothing. Right. And, you know, sadly, who knows? Yep. Now, there's other things here that are a little weird. Um, Some things are hard to verify. Like, for instance, when the family found Levi's bike, they initially brought it home right away. Okay. Well, that would make sense. Because, I mean, I still have a million questions as to how, you know... Marilyn went home and went to sleep because, you know, you see your kid's bike in a ditch and it sounds like he was such a social butterfly that he wouldn't just willy nilly throw his his treasured bike in a ditch and leave it. And people did say he loved his bike, like absolutely. Well, of course he did, because that's how he got from one place to the next. And it sounds like, you know, his mom was a single parent. They probably didn't have a ton of disposable income to be able to just like, oh, we'll just get you another bike type of situation. So I'm sure he was careful with his bike. Right. So the bike in the ditch was a huge, scary red flag to me, especially on a street where Levi was known to be afraid of the dark. Right. And you try to say like, you know, maybe a friend came by and like threw a rock or something. So maybe got off it and ran after him. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they rode, rode off together and I'd get the bike later. Uh, yeah. You, anything is possible. Anything is possible. But um, but anyway, so yeah, it's not weird to bring the bike home. Right? No, I because, don't think so. No. But what's weird is the next morning they brought it back to the scene and then left it there. Why? <laughs> That's a great question. Marilyn took the bike back home, and then the next morning, she brought it back to the ditch and put it back in the ditch? Correct. Yeah. Was this before or after she called the police and reported him missing? Uh, there's a timeline on this LeviFrady.com. I believe it was before she called it in. Why? Great question. And so that means that Levi's mom's fingerprints are on this, too. Right. So <laughs> do you think she was trying to, like, recreate? Like, Yeah. Uh, did she tell the police I brought it back here this you morning know, so you could see how I found it. There's a lot of information that's not available. So I mean, that's a very obvious question. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they asked it. 
oh, Marilyn, you took the bike home. Yeah, of course. I thought my friend was sleeping over at a friend's house. Okay, well, why did you put it back in the dish? Because I wanted you to see how it was when I found it. Right, right. And it's like, okay, that's reasonable. Okay. But at the same time, there, you know, they said there was no fingerprints on it. So that, did she yeah, wipe that it? That doesn't make sense. Right. Obviously, you're touching the bike to move it. A bike right. is cumbersome. You have to hold it with like two hands. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so there's there's plenty of people that think that, you know, the mom may have had something to do with it. Yeah. Because um, why did she why did she take the bike to the ditch, come home and call the police? Right. I don't know. Because she that do, I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. So on this website, the LeviFrady.com website, um, there's somebody that claimed that they were Lacey and they were like, it wasn't my mom. Like, stop talking about her and stop dragging my family's name through the mud, which it could be and it could not be. You know, you never know. Um, somebody could be posing as her very easily, but it's one of those websites. There's blogs and comments and everything. You can still see them and they're still updated and stings. Um, the other thing is that Levi's mom's boyfriend may have been seen at Dawson forest the morning that Levi was found. So there's like, there's, and then, so specifically if you go to Levi check out the timeline. It's kind of interesting. You can look into things and there's things that don't really add up there. It's something that, and again, take it with a grain of salt. Cause we're, we're trusting this author that she's doing or she or he is doing the right research and that it's accurate. And it might just be hearsay too, but it's, it's something worth thinking about. There's a lot of people on the bottom that are like, Oh, it's the booyfriend. It's the mom and whatever. Like, I'm not going to say who it is. Well, don't, we know. don't know. No. I only know that I find it extremely weird that she saw her child's bike in a ditch on a road that he was afraid of in the dark and then went home and went to bed and then woke up the next morning and drove the bike to the ditch again and then came home and called the police. Like, that just doesn't compute to me. I'm not saying she did anything. I'm just saying that that's odd. When we talk about red flags, it seems that Marilyn has a lot of the red flags around her. Yeah. Is well, all, all we're saying. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I'm not saying Marilyn's guilty of anything. No. I'm just saying that that, to me, is strange. Right. A lot of strange happenings. So, unfortunately, that's that's kind of, you know, the, the gist of it. If you have any information on the case, please call the Georgia Bureau of Investigation tip line at 1-800-597-8477. So sad. Yeah. It's not a lot of information out there. And just, it just, these cases make me so bonkers because somebody is out there that did this right. and they're they're just getting away with it yeah it's not and it makes me crazy not fair yeah yeah poorly and bad. are they doing it again to somebody else well and that, there's serial killers and stuff that they looked into <clears throat> that you know they're like well somebody was killed oh there was another person murdered and then dragged to that same forest a little while later and they looked into that person you know see if it was a serial killer type thing you know then. But again, it's a good place to dispose of a body in a huge right. wooded area. If you're going to kill somebody. Uh, I mean, that's where people go. They go to remote areas. Right. It's, you know, that's a well-known wooded forest is a good place to go. Exactly. Yeah. But it's just a very unfortunate but strange story. So I am pretty much brought it up to try to get more awareness of it and just to see if yeah, anybody knows gosh, anything. Gosh, that really is just terrible. Yeah. So anyways, thank you so much for listening again. Um, yeah, we, we'll be back next week. It'll be Allison's turn. Um, yes, she's already, will. I think, done with it. I'm done with it. You're crazy. So crazy in Abu Dhabi, as they yeah, say, on uh, what, Sex and the Sex City? Sex and the City, the movie. Yeah. We say that. You ever have like some, yeah, everybody has their tagline. Sticking lines. Movies. Yeah. Stick You're lines. crazy in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for listening. Uh, thanks so much to our Patreons. 
um, you know, Colleen and Lily. There you go. Yeah, this is the right opportunity to say it. She's <laughs> letting me say it over here. So thank I know, you. I know. I'm giving you permission. <laughs> um, and if you want to give to our Patreon, just check out the show notes. Uh, we'd appreciate it. And if you don't, that's okay. Just leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or do both or all of them. Who knows, right? <laughs> Let's get nuts. Yeah. Um, or welcome on Amazon Audible, all that good stuff. We're yeah. all over the place. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, and thank until you. Until next time. And I'm, I really do apologize. Thank you for sticking through. If you've made it this far... With this disgusting cough, I'm so sorry. Let's hope by next week I'm better. I hope so. And, and I cheers. hope I'm not worse. Cheers to good health. Don't come down with my sinking ship. Mike. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye.